Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at Supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Yes, it is 22 minutes to 11 o'clock if you're on SENSA in Adelaide at 7 minutes past 10. Plenty happening in the American sport landscape. Um, Toronto currently trailing by one to Boston just on three-quarter time. Billy Reinhart is from SB Nation and he joins us to give us the latest. Billy, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, man. Can we start with Steve Nash? I was uh, driving to work this morning and I heard it come across the radio. I thought, well, that, that's that's a bit of a shock. Was it a shock to you? Yeah, for sure. I don't think anyone saw Steve Nash coming. I mean, we knew about the connection that Steve Nash had to Mets general manager Sean Mark, a New Zealander, I might add. Um, they played together in Phoenix uh, over a decade ago. And then Steve Nash is very close to Kevin Durant. So we knew those connections, but from everything we had heard, it wasn't sure that Steve Nash wanted to get into coaching, especially with the head coaching variety at this point in his career. So that was surprising. We heard some rumored names like Tyron Blue, even Greg Popovich was a little bit of a pipe dream that Nets fans had. Um, but, yeah, not, not, not too much you heard about Steve Nash, if at all. So it was definitely a surprising hire. So those who are just catching up, Steve Nash, uh, two-time MVP of the NBA, has been announced as the Brooklyn Nets head coach on a four-year contract. Does it point to the power that players have, particularly the big players in the game, you know, LeBron James and Kevin Durant, you spoke of, Kawhi Leonard, of, of that that they wield over their organizations? Yeah, for sure. I mean, superstar players, especially in this era, the era of player empowerment, they, they have so much power within organizations. Um, for the Nets in this, in this scenario, I actually think a lot of it has to do with Sean Marks and General Magic. Big connection with Steve Nash. As I mentioned, the two played together in Phoenix over a decade ago. Marks actually said today that it was Nash who reached out to him initially about having interest in the Nets job. The two keep in touch. Their families are friends. And Marks knew that Nash eventually wanted to get into coaching, but he wasn't so sure of when. So he had it in the back of his mind, but it was actually Nash who came to him about interest in the job. Obviously, his relationship with KD and, and Kyrie Irving as well played a factor. So um, obviously, KD and Kyrie had to sign off on this. You don't make a move of this magnitude without consulting your stars. Um, so that definitely played a big part. Um, but for sure, a star player nowadays, they, they have so much power within organizations. Mm. Well, take us through the bubble. Yesterday's games were fascinating. Like the, the the refs had a say in that Miami game, the foul to Jimmy Butler late, which which won it for the Heat. And then in the second game, game seven between the Rockets, and it was a bit of a grudge match, wasn't it, between OKC and Chris Paul, who used to be at the Rockets. But have you ever seen an uglier finish to two games of playoff basketball? <laughs> I mean, both games overall were very entertaining. I will yeah. agree with you that the end of that, the end of that heat game, um, heat bucks were, it was a little tough to watch. I think they had three questionable calls in the final minute. Um, obviously, the two foul calls and jump shots, one from Goran Dragic on Chris Middleton, the other one 
Giannis fouling Jimmy Butler at the end of the game. So um, you never want to see games end decided by the officiating. I do think the Butler call was the right one. I'm not sure the Dragic foul they called before that was a good call, but a lot of times this league refs will give make-up calls. They realize they make a mistake on one end, they'll give it to you on the other end. I do think the Butler call was the right call, though. And Miami's looking good. You'd love to see that there. And then with Oklahoma City and Houston, I mean, that was another fun game. Going back and forth, the storylines, obviously, Russell Westbrook, former member of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Then you have James Harden and Chris Paul facing off in a game seven. So that was a lot of fun right there. James Harden, obviously, he had a very poor offensive game. He even admitted that post game. Mm. Uh, but when the time was right, he stepped up their defense. We got that big block. And that was just huge for the Rockets, huge for his legacy to continue moving on to the playoffs. Billy Reinhardt is from SB Nation for the latest on the NBA, including Steve Nash, somewhat surprisingly announced as head coach of the Brooklyn Nets to team up with Kyrie and Kevin Durant. So uh, Boston are taking on the reigning champs. That's the Raptors right now. The Raptors trail 2-0. It's about even in the third term. How far can Boston go, presuming that they do get through in this best-of-seven series? Yeah, Boston's the one team I thought that could beat them in the Eastern Conference was Milwaukee. But if Milwaukee might get knocked out by Miami, they're down to zero in the series right now. I think they, they have a pretty clear path to at least the NBA Finals. I'm not sure they're going to be able to knock off either of the Los Angeles teams, the Clippers or the Lakers. I just think the experience of LeBron and Kawhi leading those two teams will be a little tough for a team that's led by such a young player like Jason Tatum. It's good to see you. Um, but in terms of the Eastern Conference, if they don't have to run into Milwaukee, I, I think they can beat all the other teams. You're seeing it right now. They're, they're pretty handedly controlling the series with the Raptors. The Raptors, I believe, right now are battling back a little bit, maybe taking a slight lead. But um, they're doing a good job right there. I think what you're seeing with the Raptors is a little bit similar to what you're seeing with the Bucks. Both teams are kind of lacking a real primary scoring option towards the end of games and, and throughout games in the Raptors' case. Um, the Bucks obviously, Giannis hasn't proved he's that close or capable player yet, uh, and they can use some guard help and just a creator in the half court when the game gets down and tight towards the end of the game. And then with the Raptors, you've seen Pascal Siakam. He doesn't look ready to take that role as the number one scoring option. Kawhi Leonard no longer there. So uh, both teams are flawed. The Celtics are deep, led by Tatum, Jalen Brown. Kemba Walker's having a big night tonight. So um, they had a lot of guys to throw at you. They play defense. So I really like Boston's chances coming out of the East. Mm. And, uh, of course, the Rockets are going to take on the Lakers. Uh, Lakers with a lot of height, including Anthony Davis. How will they even try to go about combating that with their small lineup? Yeah, I actually think Houston could give the Lakers a lot of difficulty because right. they obviously have Gene Hart and Russell Westbrook in the backcourt. The Lakers just don't have the guards to really match up with that. They could throw Danny Green, who's getting up there in age, continue to call well, Pope Alex Cruz. So, like, they have a few guys. They don't really have the guards that can match up with the explosiveness of Harden and Westbrook. So, I expect those two to be able to get relatively whatever they want. They're going to end up playing Javel McGee and Dwight Howard off the floor because they're not going to be able to match up with the smaller players of Houston. They're going to force Anthony Davis to play center, which he typically doesn't like. And then they're going to get the Rockets playing towards their style because. Anthony Davis, he's so skilled, but he's typically more of a finesse big. He likes to shoot jumpers, operate more on the perimeter. The Rockets will take it. If he wants to go down in the post and, and try and post up on a Robert Covington or P.J. Tucker the entire night, I, mean, I think they'll take that, that trade off there while they're shooting threes on the other end. Because um, when you look at the Lakers, they're going to be they're going to be matching up rather in size. LeBron and P.J. Tucker, I mean, they, they're, they're fine with that matchup, the, the Rockets. So I think they can surprise people. They're an uncomfortable matchup just because of their unique style. 
And if the Harden and Westbrook get their legs back out of them after a long series, I expect them to give the Lakers a challenge, maybe six or seven games at least. And Billy, you are an NFL fan and, and all on track for the resumption. What is it? Must be next week. Yeah, starting up the first week of September, so that'll be fun too. Get get a sports kind of back to normal here in the United States. Good on you, mate. Appreciate the update this morning. Thank you. Thanks for having Billy me. Billy Reinhardt from SB Nation. Start of the last quarter for that game that he speaks of, Boston leading uh, by four points, 80 to 76. Peter is on the line. He wants to get back to the footy and speak about the Giants. What's your thoughts, Pete? And welcome to the captain's run. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, thanks very much. Um, yeah, look, the Giants, the speculation about the players this year, I don't believe there's any different in the speculation that happens. seems to have happened every year with the Giants. You know, they're always talking about there's too many midfielders and there's too many forwards and there's too many that, and players want to go back to their home state. So it's just the standard crackle that goes on about the Giants and their players. So I don't believe that if it happens, it happens. They seem to recover every year. Mm. And if it happens, it happens, it happens, you know? Yeah, they do. It's always it's always going to be a talking point, isn't it? Particularly when they've got so many of their star players signed up on big contracts and there's only so much money to go around. So their model of, of paying their best you know, four or five big money and then getting a lot of role players in and young players from the draft who are on base wage um, hasn't quite yet delivered them a flag, but it's held up pretty well. But even looking, I wonder how they feel about you know players like Jack Steele, and they think, oh, gee, we could use with Jack Steele, who we had on our list, just sign a new contract extension with the Saints, and I reckon he's now a top ten midfielder in the game. So, um, you know, there's been another, you know, a lot of other players as well, Adam Trelaw and Shield and these types that they had that that are now gone. So, I just wonder how they think about that and and how they will combat that moving forward because they still, as you said, Pete, have a lot of talent. On their list, one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number if you want to get involved in that. Um, Alistair Clarkson made some interesting comments about the draft, and Damien Barrett has gone whack this morning on AFL.com.au in his regular sliding doors column. It says, if it's now well known that Clarko likes strumming a guitar, then it seems he wants offers to get the violins out for him. In 2020, he's not. If in 2020, he's not talking about the umpires, it's opposition players. This week, it was the draft system, which he and his club greatly, personally benefited from when he first started coaching in 2004. Poor Clarko. Whilst I've been critical of Clarko this year for his comments, particularly in relation to holding the ball and and more so the AFL for bowing to the pressure of changing the rule, and, and that was ridiculous. I do have some. Um, I do agree with his comments after the loss against the Crows on Tuesday. That, when asked about what he does with the list and how he goes about rebuilding, he says, "Well, how would we know? We don't even know what the salary cap is. We don't know what list sizes are, and we're into the fourth day of September. I mean, what is going on?" And and I said during the week about, "Well, what role does the AFL players have in this in in hurrying up the process? Considering there would be." a lot of their 800 players that would be really uncertain about their future in the game and their contract and their longevity in the game. Why doesn't the AFL players get the AFL to fast-forward these discussions? Gill says it's still a couple of weeks away. I don't think that is good enough. I think the AFL need to make that announcement sooner rather than later. I mean, the grand final is important and getting everyone up to the hub is important, but it's not as important as letting players know if they're going to have a job next year. I wouldn't have thought, and particularly from the AFL players' point of view, um, Good old Tom Brown had a crack at me for those comments on Twitter. 
but I think uh, he missed the mark as well. Tony's on the line. The D's, Tony, you watched him yesterday. What would you think? Oh, I'd rather not think. Or I'd rather <laughs> not talk anyway. But I went to a number of the training sessions um, in the lead-up to the last game and then during the finals. And their training sessions were brilliant to watch. We were thinking about, my son and I, who also is a D supporter, we were thinking about going over to Perth. So what I did with my wife, we went and had a look at their training sessions prior to the Perth match, as we did the previous weeks. And I said to my son when I came home, I said, no, we're not going. I don't think they can win. I saw their training session and it looked as though that they'd already won a match. Right. Happy with themselves, you think, Tone? I, and I saw that last night again. Um, I, I'd like you to find out this stat for ourselves. Vandenberg hasn't been playing all that well, didn't play last, um, last night. But when he does, we mostly win, I believe. Okay, yeah. we'll, we'll, ch- we'll, we'll chase that up for you, Tone. Con wants to have his say on the Ds as well, and particularly one of their stalwarts. Nathan Jones, Con, what's your thoughts? Welcome. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Chad. Uh, sorry, um, Graham. Kane. Okay. <laughs> How are you, mate? Um, yeah, just wanted to uh, talk about Nathan Jones. Um, he looks cooked to me. Uh, he, he looks like he's getting around like a sort of local-grade twos player at the moment. What are your thoughts um, on uh, maybe big pre-season? Give him another couple of years and look, look to build around him. And uh, if Melbourne really want to ruin their club, um, get Tex Walker in and look yeah. to build the forward line around him. And uh, yeah. let's really see if we can sink this shit out footy club. <laughs> All right, oh, strong thoughts. Um, be interesting to see whether he gets to 200. Just looking at, uh, sorry, 300, I should say. He's on... 294, I think, Nathan. I'd love to see him get to 300. He deserves it. But um, you're right. He, he does look... Uh, he looked like he was banged up and, and almost coming to an end halfway through last year. Uh, we have plenty more to get through in the next hour or so, and we welcome your comments, um, even though they can call me Graham and then Chad. Uh, surprised he didn't call me my grandpa's name or my kid's name. Good on you, Con. Appreciate the comedy. Uh, we'll get back to more of the show after this. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.